Well, last week we, um, we ended on it's only the beginning, <laughs> and uh, so that's been in my mind all week long, so I figured we'd do it again. Um, it's only the beginning, so we're grateful for uh, new beginnings. What does he have up there? <laughs> it's only the beginning, that's it. <laughs> Philippians 3.13. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, there's never an end without a beginning. You see, you can't end something without beginning something else. You, you, um, you end the day and you begin the evening. You end the night, you begin the morning. You know, it's just whatever there is an ending, there is always a, a beginning. Whenever you uh, are born, you know, there's the ending of the first day, the first year. I mean, it just on and on. It goes on and on that we are um, changing. We are altering. We are fixing. We are um, doing things differently. The, the past is never an end. The past is never an end. The past is the past, and we've begun a new day. We've begun a new life. So, uh, so we make a new count of where we're at. We make a new beginning of what's happening in our lives. So why do we like beginnings? Why do we like beginnings? I mean, whenever you think of the new year, yeah, this is a sermon you should have, a, you know, the first Sunday in January. <laughs> you know, why do we like the beginning of a new year? Uh, it's because it's like the old things are gone and we make New Year's resolutions and we keep them a week and, you know, we go on back to the normal. But, um, but the beginning is something that kind of is a refreshing, uh, a different uh, slant on life, a different slant on things. The, the greatest hindrance to beginnings is that we, we, we harbor or we carry with us our failures of the past. You know, I, I like the idea, or I mean, I think of the idea that whenever you go on a trip, there are so many people that carry so much baggage from their past, they can't afford it. <laughs> they can't afford to get on the airplane, you know? They got too many bags. And, and the idea is we need to, again, let go of the past. Yes, there is good, and yes, there isn't. You know, we need to let go of our failures. So the greatest hindrance to uh, beginning is trying to carry over something from the past. Um, you know, since it's baseball season, I know we have hockey playoffs and basketball playoffs, and golf is starting, and baseball is in full bloom, and I'm sure football season is just around the corner. So, I mean, you know, I've got all these things going, but for baseball, you would think, now, a person who gets on base three out of ten times, we don't think that's pretty, that's not very big, that's not a very great success rate. But if you are a baseball player and you get on base three out of ten times, they're going to pay you millions of dollars. <laughs> because no one gets on base ten out of ten times. You know, people strike out. People get up to the plate and foul out. People get up to the plate, if you watch baseball, and, and, and you know, they break the bat. <laughs> they, they, they make mistakes. But you know what? Every time they leave the batter's box, they've got to leave that behind because they're going to come up again. And you see, every day we make mistakes, we need to let them go. Why? Because a new day is coming. Every day is a new beginning. The promises of God are renewed every morning. So what God is renewing in our life, we need to let him renew. And we say, well, you know, God, we, you know, I know you want to renew this, but I got to keep the old. <laughs> well, the scripture that I'm looking at today, the first one is in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. 
But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. We have to let go. <laughs> okay? You know, you can't go on remembering, you know, it's like we were saying this morning, the good old days, you know? They weren't that good. <laughs> you know? Huh? What's that? You didn't know it then, yeah. <laughs> the good old days are gone, you know? Uh, growing up, with, there, was no, there was only an outhouse. What's an outhouse? You know, well, they had a nightlight out there. <laughs> it was called a match and a candle. <laughs> you know, the, some, people, some people were so um, blessed in their lives, they had, they had carpeting the whole way out to the outhouse, you know? That's not true. It's just... <laughs> So anyhow, we begin a new day, all right? Now, first of all, failure is never final. You make mistakes, you strike out, you fall down. You know, the idea is failure is not final. Every day is a new beginning, so are you down? Are you down on yourself? Are you down because you've made mistakes? Um, or because you're not where you think you want to be in life? Uh, do you get down on yourself and you didn't think things would be the way they are? You look at all of this stuff and you re realize God knows exactly where you are at. And he knows exactly how you got here. So <laughs> he knows every wrong turn. He knows every problem that we've had. And he's already planned for us to enter into a new day. He's already planned for us to enter into a new beginning. So God has all of these things in place, and our new beginning isn't based upon old happenings. Okay? The old happenings are important, but we need to look at things differently than we did before. Can you imagine a coach telling somebody, you know, a baseball player, just before he gets out of the dugout and heads to the batter's box, he said, go ahead, let's strike out again. <laughs> You know, it's good for the team. <laughs> you know, go strike out. No, that wouldn't be a coach. <laughs> that would be the opposing players, <laughs> you know. The coach is going to, you know, he's going to understand. The coach understands his players. He understands the strengths and weaknesses of his players. And a good coach is able to, able to see the little changes that people need to make in order to make them better in what they do. And so... Our old failures let us know that we can be better. You know, we don't go around making the same mistakes all the time. If we do, then it becomes an IQ test, you know. You're just not smart enough to, to let the past go. So we realize that in Scripture, I, I think of um, the guy who really made the... I mean, there's a number of people in the Bible that made big mistakes, but... Uh, Jonah is my, my, my favorite of the big mistakes, guys. <laughs> and uh, Jonah heard from God, and he was a servant of God, and he knew all the right things to do, and he knew what he was supposed to do, and he said, not doing it. <laughs> I'm going the other way. Well, we know the story. He gets on the boat and goes the wrong direction, and suddenly he finds himself in the midst of a storm, and uh, they throw him overboard. And, and in our life, sometimes I, whenever we feel thrown overboard, so I think we need to maybe stop and say, God, am I going in the right direction? <laughs> and I, when I'm you know, swimming around in the, the, the sea of self-pity and uh, looking around and thinking, you know, I'm going to drown out here, uh, maybe we just need to 
stop and think about God and think about what God's love for us is, you know, that we have a responsibility to recognize we are loved. You know? And that some things happen that we are not, a, that we, we don't know why they happened. And so we're out here in this sea kind of swimming around and we find ourselves in the belly of a fish. That doesn't sound like a lifeboat to me. <laughs> There's no lifeboat. But you see, God, even though Jonah was running the other way, God wasn't out to destroy him. He was out to bring him back. That's why failure is never final. Because God's goal is to bring us back. Come home running. <laughs> the whole idea is that God wants to bring us to a place where he can bless us and, 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 and allow his spirit to continue to multiply and develop who we are and strengthen who we are, that we haven't arrived yet. So sometimes we make mistakes in there. Oh my, I shouldn't have done that. Sometimes they're just willful and intentional, deliberate Jonah taken off, you know? Or the prodigal son, you know, I want my money and I'm going, I'm going to go spend it any way I want. And, you know, we would think those are the people that God is going to really punish, but God brings them back. Always his intent is to bring them back. And I like whenever, um, in Jonah chapter 2, uh, he prayed to his God from the belly of the fish. Um, when you're in the worst difficulty of your life, don't hesitate to pray. <laughs> when, you are, when you feel like you're being digested, <laughs> uh, don't hesitate to pray because Jonah says, uh, the ocean gripped me by the throat. <laughs> I think he knows he's going to die. <laughs> um, the ancient abyss grabbed me and held me tight. He's, he's down for the count. Yet, you pulled me up from the grave alive. Oh God, my God. When my life was slipping away. He's dying in the fish. <laughs> and you see, his failure is not final. His failure, his willful and intentional sin of running away from God is not the final say. God has the final say. So as we look at our lives, it's important that we realize we are loved. We're loved. Even whenever we're going the wrong direction, his love doesn't change. God has a plan and a purpose. So, so failure is not final. God has the, the ship, the ship, the, the lifeboat, <laughs> the, uh, the whale of a steamer. <laughs> now, some people think that Jonah's a whale of a tail, but it's not a tail of a whale. It is, <laughs> Jonah is told of by Jesus as Jonah was three days in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man will be three days in the earth. So Jonah's life is not a tail. It's not a fish story. It is a story of a man running from God who is redeemed, brought back to the course of his life for the purpose of serving others. You see, we have a purpose of serving. We have a purpose of doing. You see, God's plan can override every setback. God's plan can, can help us get a grip on our life and where we are at and where we are going. And so while we're swimming around in this sea of self-pity and why did this happen, why did that happen, God says, do you need a fish? <laughs> I, 
You never, what is that game? Was there, there's a little game that says go fish. Yeah, so you can imagine you're swimming around, God, why do this, why do that? And God, you hear God say, go fish. No, thank you, I don't want to go fish. I'll go. <laughs> so I'm not going to play the game. So. <sighs> so do you know why there's raisins? <laughs> dried grapes. But why did they come up with dried grapes? There was a drought. Anybody know why we have lots of peanuts? There's a big peanut market in the United States. It was because of the boll weevil. <laughs> he was driving people out of business. Driving the cotton farmers broke. So they just had one day, they had a peanut of an idea. A very small idea, peanut of an idea. Okay, preacher, don't give up your day job. They had a small idea, nut of an idea. Did you ever have a little nut of an idea? Uh, yeah, it was about this big, right? No. So we, we have these things that go on in our life. Uh, we, we, you know, do you know why there's lemonade? No, it's not because we had lemons. It's because people didn't like Kool-Aid. You thought I was going to say, when you have lemons, make lemonade, you know. Well, that happened too. So we find that we, we are to keep hoping. Now, the hoping that we have in Christ is an expectation, an expectation that hasn't arrived yet. So we have an expectation of what God is going to do, where we're going to be. Because if God is going to start something new, he has a way to take us there. Now, the second t scripture that I'm looking at is uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 37 and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. Now, <laughs> I spoke about this in Sunday school a little bit, but I often read this. I mean, I, I mean I've been hearing these stories since I was probably one month old. <laughs> I've been in church all my life. And it hasn't helped, has it? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, we find that the, this, this scripture, you know, it's one, okay, and I, I kind of understood it and whatever, but in just until this week I was reading it again and I thought of, oh, 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 I understand this. Maybe I don't. But anyhow, you can't put the, new, the renewal of God's Holy Spirit into your old way of thinking. You cannot, think, you cannot take the things of God and put them into your old package. You've got to renew your heart and mind. You've got to renew the right spirit and have a right spirit about yourself because this is only the beginning. And the beginning is this new revelation of understanding that God loves me in spite of me. That God takes care of me in spite of me. Jonah, you know, God will get us back on course. Stay true to God. Pray to God in the belly of the fish, in the midst of the difficulty and in the despair. God will pour new wine into new skin. <laughs> Did you know the skin you have, you didn't have three months ago? You didn't. You had skin, but it's not this one. Because it's renewed. The cells and things continue to renew them. 
And, you know, that's where it you know, breaks off and sheds and whatever. You shed your skin, not like the snake, <laughs> wiggle out of it. But you shed your skin, it's renewal. So we, we, we are changing our spiritual skin, as it were, because we're growing in our understanding. We're growing in how that God is working a, a new thing out inside of us. You know, it's a new day. The promises of God are renewed every morning. So what promises is God speaking to our heart? We're, we're, we're receiving how that this new wine is the, the heavenly wine, the Holy Spirit is the new wine that is filling our lives, and we can't force the Holy Spirit into, you know, yesterday's rules and regulations and, and church and whatever we did before, because, you know, I, I grew up in church. I grew up with don't do this and don't do that and don't go there, you know? I grew up with that. But the Holy Spirit today isn't filling that old wineskin, there are still rules, there's still things that we're to do and not do, but it's a different approach to who we are as a person. Amen. So, <laughs> it's not like before. The things that are behind you are not nearly as important as what's ahead of you. You see, <laughs> forget these things. Forget the things that are of yesterday. I mean, not, you know, well, I, had a, I, had a, I, had, I have two kids, forget them. No, I'm not saying that. Forget the things that are destroying you. Forget the things that hold you back. Forget your sins. Forget the unfair things that happened in your life. Forget the things that shouldn't have happened that way, but somebody did this unfair thing in our life, and we've been suffering from it ever since, so don't suffer anymore. Forgive him and let it go. You know, we spoke about this morning that um, Cain uh, killed Abel and um, his blood cried out from the ground. You see, we don't understand all these crazy things that happen in our world, but everyone is accountable. God holds us accountable and he wants to forgive us or we come into account of it, but that, is, that continues to cry out you see, it's time to get a new and bigger vision. It's time to get a new and fresher outlook on life. It's time to rise up with a new attitude that I can do all things. That I am God's child. I am his special child. And each of us are in that place. The third scripture. And without faith it is impossible to please God. I heard that, believed it. Because any, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. I believe that. I believe God exists. I believe that he is there and that anyone who comes must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Now, you have faith. Do you know why? You're here. You have enough faith to move mountains. Why? Because you're here. God doesn't say if you have enough faith to stay in church all day and listen to him speak all day, you have enough faith. <laughs> no, he says if you have enough faith to show up to believe that God is going to speak to your heart and life, you have enough faith. But our challenging statement for, for me, God is going to reward you. No, 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 no. 
Rewards is something you get when you go to heaven. Here and now, you know, just make do with what you got and, and, and work hard enough and you can get the things that you want. And, but it's not what it says. <laughs> do you see God as a rewarder? Do you see God as someone who is going to reward you? He's going to reward you with peace. <laughs> the peace of God that passes understanding that when there's turmoil, turmoil you have peace. Hmm. That's a reward. That God is going to bless you. That God is going to, that we give from a, a, a grateful heart, give financially, give love, give. We give from a financial, from a, 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 a good heart. God is going to bless us. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That God is going to add value to who we are and, and where we are going. He's going to add value. You see, <laughs> the, your employer or the government is not the source of your, cha- uh, of your income. God is. So I am believing that God is going to do a work in us. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. <laughs> earnestly. Is something I do now, and if the only reward is heaven, then I'm missing out on things that God wants to give me now because, God, you can't bless me now because i got to get this in heaven. If I get it now, you know, it blows the whole thing. I'm, you know, i got to be, <laughs> what was the thing? Uh, you know, you've got to be poor. You've got to be, what is it? There's a, three things. You've got to be poor. Uh, you you, you got to be humble, and uh, you got to be poor. You got to be humble, and uh, something else. But you know what it means? Oh, you got you got to be sad, because if you're serving God, you've got to be poor, humble, and sad. Okay, because you know it's just. But you know what that proves, don't you? That you're poor, humble, and sad. <laughs> you know where does that say that in the Bible? Blessed are the poor, poor in spirit, not the people who are bankrupt all the time because they don't have anything and they won't allow God to give them anything. Please, no, God, don't give that to me. You know, that'll bless me and then I got to do something with it and then I'll be accountable and God is saying, open your mind. There's a new wineskin here. (laughs) The old ways don't fit the new ways. That God is going to reward those who diligently seek him. God has a purpose. You see, Failure is not final. Failure doesn't decide your limitations. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. And anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. And finally, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. You see, sometimes we just need to use the scripture as a way of praying. What, with that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Now, I'm not in this, you know, you speak what you want and you get everything you want. That's not, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But we, we need to speak the truth. You know, I was looking at the, the Lord's Prayer, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this, maybe. Um, <laughs> how great is your faith? He's going to close with this. Let's see, on a scale of 1 to 10, I don't believe it. (laughs) I believe, Pastor, I believe. 
finish in five minutes. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> All right, so what? Okay. <laughs> what do we have? Jesus says, our Father. This is how we should pray, our Father. Jesus is saying to us, Jesus and I are approaching God as our Father. It's not a separate God for all of us. It's the same God. He's in heaven. Hallowed that we are coming with a spirit of reverence. Reverence. Hallowed be thy name. Your name is to be to be a, a fragrance, uh, to be a, a word of appreciation, a word of expectation, of exaltation. God hallowed your name. You see, whenever I'm meditating, when I say Jesus, it's not just a phrase, it's a person. Hallowed is your name. Thy kingdom come. You see, this is not about my kingdom. When I am praying, when I am looking that failure is not final, when I am believing that God wants to put new wine into this, this skin here that I'm living in and that he wants to reward us, it's not because I'm building my kingdom. It is thy kingdom. It is your will. It is that give us this day everything we need to help us in our life. And so that give us this day. Give to me what I need this day. But you see, if I just pray for me and I don't care about you, that's not the heart of God. Give me this day my daily bread so that I can give to others in this whole kingdom of God. I am not here to build bigger barns. We are here to give, to receive so that our gifts can be greater to God's kingdom and that his kingdom come. It's his kingdom. It's his will. It's his gifts coming into our lives. And forgive us. Oh, Lord. <laughs> forgive us for thinking so shallow about you and who we are. Forgive us that we are so caught up in just Yes and no and doing this and doing that and pleasing people and pleasing you. Forgive us of our sins. Our sins against you and humanity, forgive us. <laughs> forgive me for looking at you in such a shallow, <laughs> heartless way. Forgive me. So that, you know, and I, I receive this into my life so that I can reflect it to those who have hurt me that I don't understand. Forgive me. Forgive me that I may forgive them and let them go and come running back to you. <laughs> Lead us. You know, step out of our righteousness. Lead us not into temptation. That's not only the temptation of following sin, but the temptation of being a Pharisee. The temptation of thinking that I am better than someone else. You see, everyone is as good as me. Everyone is a special child of God. And I don't have the right to put somebody in a place where God hasn't put them. And every one of us is at the top of the line. On a scale of 10 out of 10, we're all there. Forgive me for thinking that I am less than a 10. Forgive me that I am 
forgive me of thinking that other people are less than a 10. That's not me. <laughs> God's calling. Hello. Is that you? <laughs> you heard about the joke, the guy built a big house. And, uh, and he was a big billionaire, and he was, he was from the old country, whatever country that was. And so he went to, this, he went to the builder, so I want the big house, I want all this stuff. And, and, and he said, right in the center of it, I want a halo statue. And the guy said, a halo statue? Yes, a halo statue. So he takes him through the house, he builds his old house, and right in the center of his courtyard is this magnificent angel with a halo, you know, a statue of an angel with a halo over it. And he says, there it is, how do you like that? The guy says, no, 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 no. I want a halo statue. <laughs> halo statue. <laughs> what a way to end a sermon. <laughs> what a way. But you see, it's a new day. God has brought us to a place where it is his kingdom. Don't lead us into the temptation. Deliver us from the evil, not only the evil of Satan and the, the evil of sin, but the evil of our own thinking. The old wineskin. Let it go. This is new. This is a new beginning. I don't have to go back. I need to go forward. Why? Because it's your kingdom. We come back to the idea it's your kingdom. It's your power and it's your glory that we're seeking, not ours. So you see, we're in this. <laughs> we're in this for the long run. Hello, statue. <laughs> That's God ringing. <laughs> he's ringing at your heart and he's saying, and you're supposed to answer, hello, is that you, God? <laughs> Let's stand. So it's only the beginning. <laughs> it's only the beginning. It's a new day. It's a new life. It's new skin, new wineskins. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I can do all things. God can do all things. God is at work in our present life, and he is working, fitting, everything jointly fitting together to accomplish a divine purpose in us, through us, around us. Bless us that we might be blessings. Amen? So our closing thought is, Halo, statue. <laughs> God, thank you for blessing us and speaking to our hearts. God, you used many different ways <laughs> to ring into our spirit. So God, thank you. Thank you. There are no distractions. God, there are only your divine purpose showing up at the right times. Thank you, God, for blessing us that we might be blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And everybody says, Hello, statue. <laughs> <laughs>